Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. Really the first edition of the 2022-2023 season. That is the way that I am looking at this, guys. Welcome back. It is so good uh, to be back behind a microphone in this uh, little side studio that I'm in right here and record uh, and have been recording these podcasts for years at this point. I mean, the the, the years of of this pod uh, are starting to stack up. This will be the fifth Nuggets season that we have... um, that we have shared together uh, on the on the Mile High Hoops podcast. So really proud to be back for another year. Um, I think we're going to have a sponsor on this thing once again here shortly. And uh, really, that was the reason why we didn't record through the offseason. Um, and I thought we were going to have a sponsor, and we ended up not. It's all good. But I took some time off, and I am, um, well, j- from the podcast anyway, uh, but totally re-energized and really looking forward to Checking in on a a regular basis here and reacting to and previewing uh, these games that, guys, you could argue that uh, this is the most anticipated Denver Nuggets season ever. And maybe, and I'm sure to a certain degree, I'm a prisoner of the moment uh, when I say that, but I don't think I really am too much. I think if you look through the history of this organization, there has been some really good teams. There has been teams that um, have had promise. There's been teams that had anticipation. But when you look at the traditional makeup of title teams, I don't think if you look at past teams pragmatically, uh, removing all emotion, that they had quite the um, elite and complete construct of this current rendition of the Denver Nuggets. It is truly time to admit, acknowledge, whatever type of verbiage you want to uh, put in there, that it's title time. Guys, championship is the goal here. And this is a a, a franchise that has never played uh, in an NBA championship. And in an era right now that does not have super teams or, or, or at least some of the um, you know traditional uh, super teams of the past where there's just one total unequivocal team that you're like, yeah, it's I mean, would you take you know them or the field, you know, Shaq and Kobe, uh, those teams or the field, the Spurs or the field, the Miami LeBron James, you know, uh, Heatles or the field. Um, and and certainly some of the uh, LeBron teams before or, or after that, um, it it has been a league. Whether you, you and you can go back, you know, as far as, as Celtics, Lakers, or the field, right? With some other champions mixed in, the Chicago Bulls or the field, right? During the '90s, it's not really like that in the NBA. Now, that's not to say that there's not teams that have just you know elite um, uh, talents at the very top, like blue chip talent. Uh, at the very top, uh, and you could look at a team like, well, I mean, if you still wanted to look at, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets that way, you know, multiple Hall of Famers, um, are they still in their prime? Not sure. Um, but even even teams like the Bucks or the Celtics, 
they're not just the traditional superpowers. Even the reigning champion Warriors, who are still right now the the favorites uh, to to repeat as NBA champion, um, you look at the odds, and it's just it it's it's not like it has been uh, in large pockets of league history. Um, so they're like honestly, guys, there's like I don't know. And maybe I get caught saying this um, the last couple of years, but I think there's like six, seven teams that could win it all. And and as the season takes on its own form and takes on its own shape, uh, maybe at the All Star break we'll be you know singing in different tune. But 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 I don't think that's the case because even look at this past year, this past season, the, the Boston Celtics were 500 at the All Star break, and they end up playing in the NBA championship. And I thought they were going to do it, you know, early in in, in that series. Um, so it's no surprise that the Warriors and the Celtics are, are at the top in terms of title favorites. Uh, they're with the Los Angeles Clippers, who, you know, I said a couple months ago, if I was going to take a flyer on a non-Nuggets team, I think the Los Angeles Clippers uh, at 13-2 to right now, uh, would be, I think, are, are, would be a really good bet. Uh, they're about plus 650 right now. So if you bet $100 and they ended up winning it all, you'd win like 650 bucks. So so not great odds. Um, but at the same time, you talk about a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. Would it, surpri- would it surprise anyone if Giannis and the Bucks, if they're healthy, and by the way, and I, I said this last year, I, I, I thought that Bucks team would have won it all uh, if Chris Middleton never got hurt. Uh, I I thought that Bucks team would have beat either the Warriors or the Celtics a year ago. So it wouldn't shock me at all if the Bucks won it all. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Clippers won it all. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Celtics won it all. It certainly wouldn't shock me if the Warriors went and won it all. The the odds on favorite last year were like four or five to one was the Nets. Now they're you know they're just not quite believable for me yet because I haven't seen you know that unit be cohesive and consistent. But seriously, like if we look up. And these guys stay healthy, and it's Kyrie, and it's KD, and it's Ben Simmons, you know, lockdown defender, and Joe Harris, you know, knocking in shots, and you know some of the depth they have coming off the bench, and, and Patty Mills, and you know Royce O'Neal, etc. Um, but but how about a team like Miami Heat, who is the number one seed in the East last season? How about the Seventy Sixers and what they're bringing back? Phoenix thinks they have a great shot, um, and then and then the Nuggets are right there with those teams. So again. It's October, so maybe it's a fool's errand to you know forecast that maybe you know seven eight teams could win it all. But that's how it feels right now, and that's really encouraging um, for the Denver Nuggets. Who, if you look at their makeup right now, and of course you know you're not going to be able to separate the Nuggets from you know the the, the injury history and health conversation. Those two things are married uh, right now and will be for the foreseeable, foreseeable future. But on paper, right now. The Nuggets have a traditional makeup of an NBA champion. Okay, it it takes a you know top five caliber player to win an NBA championship. You need that guy at the very very top traditionally, um, and then you need that secondary star. And we'll see if Jamal Murray coming off the injury um, is that dude. And we'll get into to the first preseason game here in just a second. You know, Michael Porter Jr. Like, the ceiling is the sky. We know that. Uh, if he can stay healthy, it's, this team is going to be problematic to guard. This this could be, and probably should be, a top-five offense in the National Basketball Association this year. And and everyone is kind of, you know, bumping back into their um, ideal role. 
you know, last year guys not only had to play, you know, one spot up, but two and three spots up. So um, with everyone back in their traditional role, I think this basketball team is going to win a ton, a ton of basketball games. Now their their total um, has moved a little bit here. It's it's all the way up to fifty two. I remember um, it was Will Peterson and I, probably like you know two three months ago, came in here when the totals came out and we were reacting to them. It was like forty nine and a half. So sharp money is clearly coming in on the Nuggets. Uh, people that do this for a living um, are banking on the Nuggets to winning a, a ton of games and. Honestly, like I, I, I really don't see why that they couldn't um, win. I don't know. I don't think it's too lofty to say. I don't know. They could win fifty-four games. Fifty, like Memphis last year won fifty-six games. If like I don't even think the Nuggets need to catch all green lights to win fifty-six games. I don't. I think they need to stay modestly healthy. Jokic needs to stay healthy first and foremost. Um, and I think they can be there. This this team. This team, barring something unforeseen, and I guess I shouldn't say unforeseen because we've seen a lot of injuries uh, here in, in the last two seasons, um, but if, if, as long as the injury bug doesn't ravage this team, they're going to be hosting a first-round playoff series. So it's very, very exciting. Uh, if you're a Nuggets fan, you should be very optimistic um, about what this team can be and the construct of it. Um, it's locked into place, man. You got your core. You should have a much better bench than a year ago. I think Bruce Brown uh, impacts that in a really positive way. I think that in terms of the entire NBA scope might be one of the lowest on the radar, but highest impact moves of the offseason to a contender. Does that make sense? Like that didn't get any fanfare, right? It's never going to be a link to click on on ESPN. Um, But the addition of that guy and what he can provide defensively and the versatility that he brings to that second unit it's it's really exciting and then having KCP you know instead of Will Barton there um in that starting lineup it's just really formidable should be better defensively should be brilliant offensively and I'll say this the the first preseason game of the year was just really really encouraging for a couple different reasons and you know, as always, you start with the health. You got to get through this period of uh, of the year um, healthy. They got through training camp uh, without incident. Knock on wood. I'm the captain of the Pee Wee football team. We are. Uh, got through the sorry about that. It got through uh, the the preseason without incident uh, in, in in terms of training camp out in San Diego, and now um, you just got to get through this portion of. The off se- or off season, the the preseason without incident, and then hit the ground running, you know, on the road um, here in just a couple weeks. So, but in terms of, um, I'm not going to dwell on the, uh, you know, the result uh, or any like particular possession of preseason game number one. You're looking to get out of that thing healthy, and you're looking to get in shape, okay? But to see what we saw from both Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. in game number one. I don't know how you walk away from that without saying that was a great first night for the Denver Nuggets. It was probably like the most anticipated preseason game number one ever. Um, And Jamal goes out there, and especially his second stint, after he got a chance to go sit down after starting and then go back out there again, 
you started to see him catch a, a lather and make some shots and he ends up going four for seven from the field, two or three from three, had a couple rebounds, had a couple assists. He has that great finish to uh, the first half that put the Nuggets up one. I think it was 50, 52 uh, to 51 at the break. Um, you're just encouraged from a physical standpoint, from an eye test standpoint. So really good first step uh, for Jamal. That doesn't mean there's not going to be hiccups along the way. Okay, this is this is a marathon. It is not a sprint. But a really good warm-up uh, and conditioning uh, before the marathon officially starts. I don't know how you can't be encouraged out of the gate 10 points in 50, uh, 15 minutes from Jamal. And then, you know, Michael Porter Jr., who's playing for the first time in, you know, almost a year. I think uh, I'm trying to remember my notes from the show earlier today. I think it was 331 days, something like that, um, since he got injured nine games into the season last year against Houston. He comes out of the gate and shoots five for seven, two or four from three. You know, you see the step back going, had the three going. He has 12 points in 14 minutes. Again, it's that that, that is a best-case scenario um, start. And then the confidence level here moving forward, hopefully, you know, that, that, that first uh, game against OKC only propels that uh, in that category. KCP didn't play well offensively. Don't really care. The sample size with him as a pro uh, is significant enough because he only shot one for eight, 0 for four from three for two points, whatever. Um, And then you had uh, Aaron Gordon, who was just flying around. I mean, just absolutely flying around, four for six from the field, made his one three-pointer. He was in double figures in 15 minutes with 10 points. Uh, Had had the big dunk, you know, on the left side uh, with the right hand. Um, you know, had a few other dunks, had an and one uh, on Poku, uh, you know, showing off that muscle, rocking the baby a little bit there. I love it. Love the confidence. And especially for him a couple moments ago when I was talking about like guys going back to their initial slottings of, you know, where you should be on a team expected to win. Having Aaron Gordon back as a fourth or on some nights fifth option is just so significant. Because you look at this league right now, he'll be one of the best, if not the best, fourth option of of any NBA team. It's just a perfect fit in what he provides on the other end of the floor. Um, although, like, wasn't any sort of great shakes, you know, in game number one uh, in the preseason against OKC defensively, whatever. Uh, again, the sample size with him as a pro is is too significant. Um, so, yeah, just just really encouraged. Really encouraged. And then... By the way, you know, to watch Zeke Naji come in and have the success that he did, I don't want to misrepresent it, all right? It's a preseason game, but that guy was 6 for 11 from the floor, made a 3, 15 uh, points in 17 minutes, 6 rebounds. Zeke is a really interesting kind of X factor. Uh, and and, and I, when I think of the term X factor, um, that is a guy that it, it's a sort of unknown. But if he hits his upside, if he hits his potential, it just totally changes who this team is. With his size and his length and his shooting ability, although he looks like he changed his shot a little bit, we'll see how that ages. I, I, I've talked for a couple of years on this podcast Um I've always liked this shot. It looked me- mechanical to me. So we'll, we'll we'll see about that tweak. I hope he's not too much in his own head. Um, but that's a guy, like, if you get that guy right, and he's a part of your rotation, 
the upside of it, it makes them like kind of the definition of an X factor. But a part of the X factor is like you you got to acknowledge like the downside, and the downside is that he's just not in the rotation. Uh, and we've seen that with him. Young player, hopefully he gets to that point. But look, it, it, it would not shock me if he's got nights where he's a DMP coach's decision. But it also wouldn't shock me if we get to a certain point in the year and DeAndre Jordan, who I got major questions about what his role is going to be this year, um, it wouldn't shock me if we get to a point where in that second unit, instead of DeAndre Jordan being your starting center, maybe it's Zeke Naji. Maybe you go small. Again, he's put on some weight. We'll see what that could potentially look like. I'd like to see it a little bit here in the preseason when it doesn't matter. But we'll see. I mean, Malone's probably trying to fine-tune that second group, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised at all if we don't see that. But I just have question marks about DeAndre Jordan, where he's at in his career. Like, are you going to be a, a night-to-night contributor at the backup center spot? I'm willing to be surprised. Look, Boogie surprised me in that regard. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't think Boogie could play at all. Then there was the stretches of the season last year where I'm like, holy hell, I can't believe that he's contributing on the level that he is. Um, so maybe I can be surprised that way with DeAndre Jordan, but at the same time, I'm like obeying my uh, basketball instincts right now, so I, I, I'm just kind of in prove-it mode uh, with him. So we'll see how that uh, eventually ages. Um, uh, who else? Bones Bones Highland. I think the, uh, the expectations are, are pretty high here in year two for Bones. Um, I think that there's also a bit of an assumption. And I, I, I guess I shouldn't say that because I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think in general there's an assumption that Bones is going to take this, you know, massive leap from year one to year two, and, and, and that, that would be great. I'm, I'm bullish as many people are on Bones Highland. Um, but he's also still a young basketball player. And Michael Malone, we've seen the way historically he has handled young basketball players. Um, I think that to think that there's not going to be the same traditional ups and downs is probably a little bit naive. I'll say that. Um, average 10 points a game as a rookie. It's really hard to do. That put him on the all-rookie team, second team. Uh, first nugget to do it since Jamal. Uh, 19 minutes a game. There's still, I think, going to be some rough patches of learning and maturation with Michael Malone's expectations, particularly defensively. Um, you saw at the beginning of the second quarter in preseason game number one, um, Bones Highland was pulled. Bones Highland was pulled. So Mike Malone's not screwing around here. I mean, he, he's taking these preseason games very seriously, and that's probably a bit of a, you know, a, a warning shot of, hey, young fella, yeah, you, you played really well in the scrimmage last week. Um, the lights are back on, and my expectations are here on a possession-by-possession basis and if you fall below them, you could find yourself back on the bench. So um, we're still uh, we can be excited about Bones, but still acknowledge that we're in a, a bit of um, still an exploratory stage uh, with Bones. Uh, Christian uh, Christian Brown um, still can't make a shot. We watched him in summer league. It was really hard to watch uh, offensively in just terms of the shot making. All the other stuff, or, or most of the other stuff, is there though. With Christian Brown, I remember reacting to a summer league game here on the podcast. I'm like, I'm not really that worried about him making shots right now. Does he look the part physically? 
Um, is he up to speed with just the NBA uh, level of everything? And I will tell you, man, he does look the part, in my opinion. If you look at the stat sheet, you're not going to see that. you got to put eyes to it. He's a really young basketball player, again, at, at this level. Um, I do think he's going to play, though. I do think he's going to play. But, I, but I'd be lying if I'm not looking at the shot going, eventually I need to see him make a couple. Uh, he looks like he's thinking out there. To no one's surprise, it's preseason game number one as a rookie. Uh, but he's one of the more interesting players um, that I'll be watching very closely this year. I, I just think he could be a traditional uh, glue guy um, that just understands basketball and is in the right fit with Denver. Um, but eventually, you got to make some shots. So uh, he did go to the free throw line a couple times, make some free throws. Um, you know, wasn't all too you know uh, you know active or aggressive on the glass. Uh, didn't have an assist. Didn't have a steal. Didn't have a block. Didn't have a turnover. Um, he was a minus eight when he was out there in his 16 minutes, but he was 0 for 6 from the field. And again, I'm just kind of linking what I saw in summer league. Um, not saying anything one way or the other, other than let's keep our eye on that. Uh, I'd like to see that that young man uh, make some shots. So uh, those are those are some of the quick you know observations out of the gate from preseason uh, game number one. Again, um, not not focused on the result uh, against OKC, uh, an eleven point loss at home. I know who didn't play for OKC. I really don't care. I mean, Jokic shot one time. That that is freaking classic Jokic, by the way. Classic. Uh, that's not going to be the case. Uh, come you know when the games matter. Um, so we'll see. But 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 as far as Jokic is concerned, I am interested to see what his usage is like now with MPJ and and Jamal back in the fold. You would think it would go down a little bit uh, from isolation opportunities, but but well you know we'll see. We'll see what it looks like with this group, man. It does feel like it's kind of like hitting the reset button here. Um, that like last year, for a, a team expectation standpoint, with where it's at now, it just it's almost not relevant. You know, with just the, what the roster ended up being and who was – like, you think about how much how much Faku was playing at the start of last season. Like, everything has changed now uh, from a health standpoint, and um, I am just so fascinated uh, to see this basketball team and what they could do um, in the Western Conference, which, you know, it, it, you know, I was talking earlier about the lack of, you know, traditional super teams and what that looks like. That doesn't mean that – it's not going to be, you know, murderer's row in the Western Conference again. And there's going to be teams that this year that you didn't really factor in last year. And, you know, the team that comes to mind, and it's a bit of like a preseason darling right now, but I think for good reason with um, uh, New Orleans. Like, New Orleans is going to be problematic. I'm just I'm just telling you. You know, with Zion coming back and, and, and what he looks like and what the rest of that of that roster looks like you talk about, you know, CJ McCollum, you know, and, and, and sort of the kind of stability that he brings and, you know, Brandon Ingram, who is just constantly improved. And, you know, you look at a guy like Herb Jones, I guess I I know a lot of people, you know, don't talk about the former Alabama product, um, but he's, (laughs) I mean, just, well, keep your eye on that young man. Um, and then, you know, I, I talked about the Clippers um, and, and who they are and what they've added, um, you know, to, to you, you combine with the guys who are coming back and, you know, really well-coached um, basketball team. They're going to be an issue uh, on a night-to-night basis. And then there's other teams that, like, are totally kind of off the national radar that 
are going to be an issue. You know, you think of a team like the Sacramento Kings, uh, who have kind of you know had the Nuggets number to a certain degree here in recent years, but that's going to be a team that's very real. I again, some people don't want to hear it. I'm I'm just telling you, you know, the De'Aaron Fox and the addition of Kevin Herter coming over um, from uh, the Atlanta Hawks to go with uh, Harrison Barnes and um, uh, Domitas Sabonis and yeah, Keegan Murray there. I, that, that's going to be. Um, that's going to be a, 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 a real basketball team, I think, on a lot of nights that people don't see coming. So the Nuggets are going to have their I'm – not, I'm not trying to be a fear monger here, but the Nuggets are going to have their work um, you know, cut out for them. And, and I should say on the other side of that coin, there's going to be teams that aren't really relevant this year that you went into last season um, you know, like really on your radar. And I think of a team like the Utah Jazz you know, who, who had a fire sale and is just you know, tearing that thing down. So you know, hopefully for maybe a loss or two on the schedule to the Kings and the Pelicans – um, maybe there's a, you know, a couple extra wins, you know, with a team like the Utah jazz. So, um, it's going to be fascinating. I'm really excited. I'm really excited. I cannot wait for this season, um, to see what the nuggets look like and where they stack up in the Western conference. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're going to be really good. Um, they just got to stay healthy. They just got to stay healthy. We're not going to be able to separate the nuggets from the health conversation, um, until it just becomes night after night after night. Um, not really relevant, but until we get to that point, it's going to be there's a certain level of of sensitivity because of of how the last two two seasons have went. So that's just a couple of my random thoughts here on a uh, Tuesday, October fourth. Um, I really appreciate you being here with me on the Mile High Hoops podcast. The best way to support this podcast is just to you know organically tell a friend. Um, rate, subscribe. It's available however you listen to your podcast, DenverFan.com, Spotify, etc. Um, and I just really, really appreciate this very much um, grassroots approach here uh, with this podcast over the years. Um, so you can love it up by uh, doing those things. Okay, uh, we'll leave it there uh, for now, and we will catch up um, probably uh, early next week. We'll come back in here and uh, put something on wax, reacting to more of uh, the preseason games. It's going to be uh, the Bulls up next, followed by the Suns, and just looking forward to this team forming you know, right in front of our eyes. All right, guys, uh, that'll do it. Uh, everyone have a great week, and we'll catch up next time on the Mile High Hoops podcast.